they have to get it in, and just due to Butler. It's in his hands. You're going to sit on it? Five seconds remaining. Butler looks like he's going for the win. Butler heaves and hits with four tenths of a second remaining. <laughs> My name is Alex Fernandez. I'm your host with the most. And today we got a talk. It was a Thanksgiving weekend. The Thanksgiving weekend is over. Four days of absolute eating, football, family, and fun. All those Fs. And look, look I want to talk about the Thanksgiving games. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. But I want to kick it off with the Sunday night football game. Let's start in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They play a lot of primetime games. They are going to Minnesota. The, the 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 great what is that? What is their stadium called? Mall of America Stadium? I don't know. It, it, we'll just go with it. It's all glass. Birds fly into it and die. It's a crazy looking stadium. Nevertheless, it hosted Sunday night football. We we knew the Packers were pretty much out of it uh, before this game and and this game solidified it. Aaron Rodgers did not play up to par. He looked disgusted. He looked sad. He looked like a 35-year-old GOAT quarterback who's realizing, oh my lord, what are we doing here? We we can't compete. They were 4-6-1, and one, and they took another L. Are they 4-6-1 and one already? Nevertheless, they're in bad shape, guys. They are in bad shape. I know they have the same record as the Browns. This all is going to come down to Mark McCarthy. He's, he's, he's going to leave. They're going to hire an offensive mind for Aaron Rodgers. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I didn't play so well. The defense is number three, right? They're the third-ranked defense in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers did not, did not play well last night. Plain and simple. The Vikings took the W. The, maybe he's already checked out because I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy. Maybe he's dealing with the stuff with the wildfires. I don't know. Kirk Cousins did enough to get the W. Stephon Diggs. Did you see Stephon Diggs clinch the game with the, the wave? He did the wave. That was a very clean celebration. Shout out to the, to the Minnesota Vikings. They did the limbo as well. Did you see the limbo touchdown celebration? And a soldier boy was done in the end zone. So props to the Minnesota Vikings. They won on the field and in the end zone. Up next, let's talk Steelers and Broncos. Look, the Steelers just want to give a game away. Every year on the road, they just want to take a dump on the field somewhere. They just want to poop a game away. They want to give it away. They tried to do it last week in Jacksonville. But Jacksonville was like, no, 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 no. We're already on a long losing streak. And we're already looking like jackasses talking crap and losing. But we want to keep it happening. So win, Steelers. So the Steelers won. They go to Denver. Juju Smith-Schuster scores that crazy touchdown. It's a back-and-forth game. And it's coming down. It was like the two-yard line with a minute to go. And the play was horrific. It was a broken play. And Ben Roethlisberger threw an interception right over the pipe. Threw a, threw a cream puff right over the middle. And if the linebacker didn't get it, Roby the corner would have got it. He was just looking for A, B. He was looking for A, B. He sent the bat signal. It was all bad. The Steelers dropped this game. And now they're the third seed in the AFC. The Patriots move up to the second seed. 
And this was this was this was coming. This was this was you knew this was going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, with the Steelers. I picked the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl, so they will tighten it up. I believe there was a fumble, uh, a turnovers here and there. It just it was a sloppy game all around. And check out the Broncos. Just they beat the Chargers and they beat the Steelers in back-to-back weeks. And now those teams will face off next Sunday night. We'll give that a full breakdown later in the week. Let's talk about those Browns. Yes, they faced the Cincinnati Bengals. They went to Cincinnati. It was the Battle of Ohio. Hugh Jackson, who just got fired from the Cleveland Browns, was on the Cincinnati sideline. His boy, Marvin Lewis, was looking out for him. He's not going to let Hugh Jackson sulk. He's not going to let Hugh Jackson get sad and depressed and and sit in his bedroom and maybe not in Cleveland, but his house in Los Angeles because he's from L.A. Shout out Dorsey High. Marvin Lewis hires Hugh Jackson to be a special assistant, and man, the Browns did not let him forget it. They got an interception, and then he handed the ball off to Hugh Jackson. The disrespect is already mounting up for the Browns against Hugh Jackson. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And then, you know, the Pat, okay, Hugh Jackson is known to be one of the nicest guys in the world and you know what he went through a lot on hard knocks so i don't want to be too hard on him and then the end of the game the browns won 35 14 they're happy about this unleashed offense hugh jackson was looking for baker mayfield let's look at the footage right now he's looking for baker mayfield he goes for the hug he just gets stiffed and the handshake it's cold-blooded right now between baker and hugh he's not letting you for there's no love loss right now i don't know what happened but according to the post-game press conference Baker Mayfield was not happy about Hugh Jackson joining the enemy, a division rival, in-state rival that you play two times a year. And I get it, Baker Mayfield. I understand there was no gap. And the people who are coming after Baker Mayfield saying, oh, you left Texas Tech to go to Oklahoma, I believe he had to take a year off. Hugh Jackson was like, nah, player, I'm going to collect this check and I'm going to get this other check while playing you. And that's how Browns players felt. They felt like it was a double-double. They called, They kind of called him out. They threw a lot of shade in the postgame from players. Doesn't matter. The Browns got the W. Mike McCarthy's going to look great as the coach of the Cleveland Browns. I'm booking that right now. Let's talk AFC, even though we're already in the AFC. Let's talk Jalen Ramsey versus the Buffalo Bills. Now, this is one of the funniest stories. And can we talk about a fall from grace from the Jacksonville Jaguars? A lot of people including my homie regular Dave had Jacksonville as a sleeper Super Bowl candidate after going three and one they just decided to lose six seven straight they're at least they're consistent they just completely tanked on the season they don't believe in Bortles they want to fire everybody I don't know but Jalen Ramsey whether he's losing or he's winning you got to give it to him that he's consistent and he's always going to back up what he says like he's not going to run away from it he's going to keep talking winning or losing he talked a lot of crap about Josh Allen the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills and he also talked a lot of crap while he was in the game. He called out players individually. He said, you're trash and you're trash. Nevertheless, the Buffalo Bills didn't care because they pulled their balls out and put it on the Jaguars' face and won because that's what matters. They won and Jalen Ramsey and the Jacksonville Jaguars lost. I believe that's the, the what the sixth straight loss they've had. It's all bad if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. They may blow it up. Who knows what Tom Conflin is thinking. If you have any Jaguar stock, it is plummeting. Sahad Khan right now is kicking himself in the ass for not buying Wembley and moving the Jaguars there. You knew it was a disaster first off when they lose in, in London. If they lose in London, you know the season's lost. That's when it just turns for the worst.
Remember, Jalen Ramsey said you're going to miss me when I'm gone. I am going to be in Jaguars history with Byron Leftwich. Okay, that last part is – I made that last part up with him and Byron Leftwich. But he said you're going to miss me. And I believe we can officially call the Jacksonville Jaguars Dunzo. Leading the charge in the AFC, Phillip Rivers. And the Chargers were hosting the Cardinals of Arizona. If you're watching the game on TV, the stadium was half full. You know, Cardinal fans don't really travel. And the Chargers fans, oh, well, there's a debate if there's a lot of Chargers fans. But maybe we're out of town and all sorts of whatever. And back to the game. Arizona went up 10-0 real quick on him. Just real quick, super quick after the first quarter. And Phillip Rivers woke up. I mean, he, he maybe he ate a lot of turkey. Remember, he's got a huge family, eight kids. He was serving all kinds of Thanksgiving. He had to shake off the Thanksgiving hangover, and then he just completed 25 straight com passes. I say come passes because it's like completions, but it passes at the same time. So he completed 25 straight. It was like watching a no-hitter in baseball. It was crazy. I, I believe he finished 27 out of 28. They blew the, the doors off of the Arizona Cardinals, 45 to 10. Watch out for the San Diego Superchargers in the fifth seed. I'm not calling them the LAC. They're not the Los Angeles Chargers. They're the, they belong in San Diego. I don't want to hear it. I know they're going to be the, 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 the tenants. They're going to be roommates. It's kind of like they're renting the basement. To the Chargers, they'll be in the Rams' house renting the basement for their games on Sundays. Go Phillip Rivers. Chargers were what twelve to one to win this to go to the Super Bowl, sixteen to win it all at the beginning of the season. Big sleeper pick, but Melvin Gordon got hurt in the in the third, rather with an MCL injury, and it they got to find that they got to fill that hole. Melvin Gordon has been a beast all season long. Let's talk the Thanksgiving games. The, the, the most exciting thing on Thanksgiving was the celebrations by the Bears. The Bears defense with the Motown celebration and the, the calisthenics. Very impressive showing by the Chicago Bears defense. Not only their celebrations, but the interceptions and the sacks. And Khalil Mack just does things with one arm. He's better. His one arm is better than probably the AFC South's all the defenses combined. He is that great. Cowboys beat the Alex Smithless Washington uh, R's, and the NFC East is up for grabs because nah, maybe Dallas takes it right now. They will be the craziest four seed in the NFC ever. I would love to see that four seed. Who are they going to play the five seed? Who would be the five seed in the NFC right now? Who would be the five seed in the NFC right now? It would probably be the Seattle Seahawks. They're probably going to win 10 games. We'll get to Seahawks in a second. Let me table that to the side. I just want to say the Saints played. Thanksgiving night. They're unbelievable. They're the one seed. They deserve it. Drew Brees. I've been saying it. Drew Brees is the MVP. Can we give him the MVP? He's never won an MVP. He deserves the MVP, the MVP, the MPP, whatever I call it. He deserves the most valuable player. Offensive player of the year is probably going to go to Mahomes or Gurley. But Drew Brees is racking it up, and he's the one seed in the NFC. Let's get to the Seahawks. They beat the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. In Uptown, Bank of America Stadium. I'm spitting all over my mic because the Seahawks, who we all thought were left for dead, Pete Carroll, rises them up from the ashes. They all get healthy. And they they look, they they are crushing it right now. They're gonna they're gonna get a wild card slot. They own the tiebreaker over Carolina now. And if you look at their schedule, it's pretty soft. They get San Francisco twice. They get uh, Arizona, I believe. They get uh, Minnesota at home, and they get the Chiefs at home. They could get three and two out of that, and they're and they're they're going to the playoffs. 
Great, great stuff in Seattle. Great job, Pete Carroll. And they get the celebration of the week because my guy, Lockett, I believe his name is Ricardo Lockett. I'm going to call him Ricardo. He's Latino right now for this episode. Ricardo Lockett. My guy hit the Iverson step over celebration. If you haven't seen it, go to the Two Legit Sports Instagram account at two underscore legit underscore sports, and you will see this incredible celebration. It is number one in this week's power rankings for celebrations. It beats out the Packers celebrations. It beats out the Amari Cooper, Markel Fultz impression. Barely. That was a great one. And, you know, a couple Thanksgiving dinners, those were cool. But shout out to the Seahawks. They're always impressive with their celebrations. They're winning and they're celebrating. What else is there not to like? They're a fun team. Hopefully, that'd be a great NFC championship. And, man, could the Seahawks beat the Saints for us, please? Because the Saints are wilding on everybody right now. Monday night, let's close up the football talk with the Texans and the Titans. Look, Houston is absolutely rolling right now. Marcus Mariota will start tonight, but I don't think it's going to make a difference. I think Houston will win, and they could they could win 11 games looking at their schedule. They are what everybody thought they were. They started out slow. Really mucky from the gates, really sloppy, not getting W's, and they turned it around. They're clicking on all cylinders. They got Demarius Thomas in there, DeAndre Hopkins. It's out of control. If they could add Le'Veon Bell this offseason, I would surely put them in the Super Bowl talk. But they're definitely going to win the AFC South. They will win tonight. I expect a big game from Deshaun Watson. Let's take a quick break. I want to say thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Play soundcloud spotify and of course checking out the two legit sports instagram account and my twitter afdes 999 you can check me out just type in my name alex fernandez two legit sports trying to get on that seo now let's get to the association i gotta talk some nba lead by three five on the 24 burke from three knocks it down trey burke with a three-point field goal his fourth of the game the Knicks lead by six with 12 seconds remaining. We're diving into the association, and I got to talk about Clamp City. The Clippers were the late game last night. The Clippers deserve some respect. Put some respect on the Clippers' name right now, okay? Put some respect on my name. You understand me? When y'all saying my name, put some respect on it. They go to Portland. They're the late night game, and they beat the Trailblazers in Portland. Can you believe that? That's a very hard thing to do. Portland was leading most of the way, which was the shocking part. And in the end, it didn't matter because Tobias Harris is an absolute stud. Can we talk about Tobias Harris? Tobias Harris dropped 34. Super underrated player. Could he be an all-star? Perhaps, but nobody is talking about this team. If you look at this Clippers team, this is the most fun team since Lob City. They're deep 1 through 10. Super deep. Can match up with just about anybody. And if Lou Williams is clicking. And Montrez Harrell, who is the best pick and roll finisher in the NBA right now. He's clicking. And you got Tobias, Gallinari healthy. And of course, the highest PR per 36 in NBA history. The GOAT, Bobon clicking. The Clippers are a dangerous out for anybody in the West. Okay, they're number one in the Western Conference. I don't think that's going to stick. Okay, not going to stick in my opinion. The, the waters will even out eventually. I'm, you got to start paying attention to that uh, by, all the, by, by the all-star break. In February, we'll see. But the Clippers will more than likely be the playoffs. You can pencil them in for the playoffs, actually. That, that's a lock right now. The Clippers will be in the playoffs, and they're going to be a tough team.
to get out. Let's talk about the main team, the A-side, the main event of Los Angeles. The 6'8 power forward from St. Vincent St. Mary's, LeBron James, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, they played a Sunday matinee against the Orlando Magic. I thought the Lakers were going to blow the doors off of the Orlando Magic. It's a Sunday matinee. Those games rarely, if ever, happen. The Clippers usually get the Saturday afternoons. The Saturday nights usually go to the Kings, and the Sunday nights go to the Lakers. That's how it usually works Sunday morning. I've had Sunday matinees, actually, with the Kings. But that's usually how the slate works. Changed it up. They decided maybe the Rams had the bye week. They wanted to mix it up for the L.A. fans. Nevertheless, the Orlando Magic beat the Lakers, and they beat L.A. Nightlife. They they went out, they did their thing, and came in, strolled in with their Starbucks coffee at 10 o'clock in the morning, half awake, and they beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Which makes me think, what was Kyle Kuzma doing last night? Nevertheless, let's get to the game. Nikola Vucevic, the big Serbian beast on Orlando. He dominated 31-15-7. This is his second audition to be traded to the Lakers. Look, uh, dominant bigs have been giving the Lakers problems. You cannot put a little body on Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic dominates the paint. And, you know, when he's clicking on all cylinders, he's, he's a hard guy to box out. He's a great passer. He's passing. Nobody talks about his passing from the post. Great player. And he just out-rebounded the whole Laker team pretty much. I know JaVale's an animal. He was getting those blocks. But the defense was breaking down the whole game. Everybody was a step too slow. The, the lineups were very interesting by Luke Walton. Lonzo not finishing the game. Interesting call yet again. Nine points and ten rebounds for Mr. Lonzo Ball. LeBron had 24-4-7, a lot of turnovers. He shot the most threes on the Laker team. That, that cannot happen, ladies and gentlemen. LeBron James cannot be shooting the most threes on the Lakers. Got to fix that up. Lance made him dance. He scored 13 points. Had a minus nine, though. Pope not really giving much. Zvi with one point. Hart gave nothing in 15 minutes. On the other side of the coin, great win for the Magic. Now they go to Golden State. They're probably going to lose tonight in Golden State, but at least they got one out of the two. You never know, man. Actually, if you look at the style matchup, Vucevic could probably tear up a Jordan Bell and Damian Jones and anybody they can throw at him, really. So if you have Nikola Vucevic in your fantasy team, you're gobbling up right now. Let's go to the East where Jimmy Butler is doing another sidestep game winner. It's crazy how he does the exact same move, and he's done it for the win twice at the buzzer with like .4 remaining. There's a side angle of the Jimmy Butler shot against Brooklyn last night for the game winner. And there's yelling. There's a guy yelling, sidestep three. He's going to go to the right and sidestep. And he does it. And the, the uh, Brooklyn didn't believe him. Nah, the, he didn't. they didn't believe the tape. And then he believed the fan, the very educated fan right there. Jimmy Butler hitting the game winner. Is this what Jimmy Butler does? Jimmy closer. This is exactly what Philadelphia needed. Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler are best friends. Kendall Jenner is, is courtside right now, and Ben Simmons has all the giggles. He's definitely not shooting any threes, but he's definitely pulling out all the stops and driving to the rack. And that was a huge victory because Philly just lost to Cleveland. Because remember, as Joel Embiid says, uh, Like Tristan stayed before the beginning of the season, 
the Cavaliers still won the East. Uh, so they came here tonight and they proved us that. Kawhi got a technical foul for the first time ever in the regular season. He had every right to be angry. Of course, they blew out the Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade, 35 off the bench. He may not retire. He's playing too good to retire, folks. 35 points in limited minutes against the best team in the East. Hello, Dwayne Wade. Back to Kawhi. He was screaming. He was very angry. He, he was right, though. He got grabbed three times, and not a single foul was called. Raptors are still rolling. Kawhi will calm it down. There was some heat in the postgame between him and the Spurs. They were saying he wasn't a leader. Kawhi was like, oh, it's so easy to forget. Ha -ha. Let's talk Golden State. The Warriors appear to have had a great Thanksgiving. They were playing horrific before Thanksgiving. They ate their turkey. The, the families got together. It was great. Klay Thompson hung out with his dog. It was all great. They blew out Portland. And then Klay saved the day against the Sacramento Kings. That game ended with a wedgie, which was hilarious. But Klay Thompson with the putback. And now the Warriors getting these W's two in a row. Now the Magic are in town. Uh, we'll see what happens. The Klay Durant thing is working. Dur Durant is ridiculously efficient. He's stupid efficient. I have my fantasy team. He's the number one fantasy guy right now. He does everything for you. And he's shooting like at a 62% clip right now. 62. Unbelievable. Speaking of unbelievable, the Boston Celtics are 10 and 10. They're 10 and 10. There's too many players. The offense is stagnant. But Kyrie Irving is defying the laws of physics with his balance. So I believe it'll all turn around. There's going to be a trade or two made. You got to do it. There's too many good players who want who want minutes and who want contracts. So it's definitely a situation. You got to manage the egos. I don't know if Coach Stevens can do all that. He's got to get the offense rolling first. And that's all I got to say about Boston. Let's go to my power five rankings. This is my five. Alex's top five in the NBA. Number one. I got the Milwaukee Bucks. They're cleaning house. Their offense is great. Their plus minus is the best, I believe, in the NBA. Their defensive rating is superb. They got all the length. They got Thonmaker shooting from half court. I'll take the Milwaukee Bucks. Number two is the LA Clippers. Top of the West. They're crushing it right now. And they got Milos. What else can you say? They got, they got it all. Number three is the Toronto Raptors. Nick Nurse has got the Raptors cooking. Serge Ibaka right now is playing at an all-star level. Keep feeding the Congolese beast. And, of course, Kawhi is Kawhi. He's getting back to that level. Kyle Lowry is shooting at his highest percentage in a very long time. The Raptors are the cream of the crop. And in the playoffs right now, I may have to take the Raptors over the Bucks based on experience. And based on that defense, Kawhi Leonard with those hands that just extend. Unbelievable. Number four, I'm going with OKC. The Oklahoma City Thunder have turned it around. I picked them to be hit with the injury bug, and they were. Roberson has yet to be seen. Westbrook fell hard. They were missing a couple. Guys kept fine. Hamada Diallo looked like he snapped his back and leg in half, but he's fine. Ferguson got injured. So the bug is there. It's roaming around the Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City. But they've turned it completely around. Paul George has found himself. He's dropping 30 a game right now. He's playing so efficient. Russell Westbrook, great shots. And they got all these slashers that just dunk it on you. They just love to yam it on everybody. Schroeder playing great off the bench. Oklahoma City is waking up. Look out for the Thunder Beast. And don't forget about my boy Steven Adams, too. Number five, we got to give this team some love. The Memphis Grizzlies. 
They deserve some love. Remember last year they were awful because they had no Gasol, no Conley. This year they're both back. They're both both healthy. Mike Conley, most underrated point guard in the NBA. He's putting up numbers. Gasol doing the damn thing, hitting game winners, getting fouled for game winners. He does it all. They had a great game this week against the Clippers that went to overtime. It went to a matinee, so you kind of you kind of have to watch that out. An LA matinee. You guys are going out to One Oak. It's a different ball game. Memphis Grizzlies in my top five. Marcus All All Star this year. Got it. It's Rogers. The Aggies win the game of the year in the Southeastern Conference. I gotta do a quick segment on college football. Did you see? Texas A&M versus LSU. The game went seven overtimes. It tied for the longest game in history. It is the highest scoring game in history. It was a 74 to 72. They put up a basketball score. You'd think this was a game in the NCAA tournament in March, but no, no, no. It was SEC football, and everyone thought this game was over with 34 seconds left. My guy, Edo, Coach O, got hit with the Gatorade. Because Delphin got the pick, everyone thought it was over. And for somehow, some way, the the football gods were looking out for Texas A&M because the quarterback had his knee down at the perfect time to put the ball dead and to kill the interception. They get the ball back, and you know the rest was history. They tied it with a second left, and they went seven overtimes. They went for the twos all the time, and it, it was crazy. Teams were gassed. Players were done. They were calling timeouts left and right. Game of the year by far. Not so much the game of the year. Ohio State and Michigan. Everyone thought Jim Harbaugh was going to run wild. Woo! All over Ohio State in the horseshoe. This was the number one ranked defense in all of college football. This was the number four ranked team in all of college football. It was the best team of the Big Ten or so everyone thought. The game. The team up north. All that great stuff. Ohio State dropped 62 on Michigan and blew the brakes off. And they blew the brakes, the doors, the sides, all the airbags. All of them were gone. They blew it all out. Urban Meyer, in my opinion, this is his last rivalry game. And guess what? He never took an L against Michigan. And Jim Harbaugh takes another loss on the chin with his best team to ever the best team he's ever had on Michigan, quite frankly, and he couldn't get it done. And if not now, when? The most dysfunctional Ohio State team, the most dysfunctional Ohio State year, did not matter. Ohio State got the W. That was the best-looking Ohio State team I've seen all year. They, they locked in, and they got ready for this game. They play Northwestern next week, and we'll see what happens. They lost to Purdue. So I know they have one loss, but that one loss is to Purdue, and it's not like Drew Brees was the quarterback. Last game I want to talk about, number three, Notre Dame. Makes the trip out west yet again. They, be, they take a lot of trips to the west coast. They travel a lot. I mean, shout out to the athletic director. They got Notre Dame flying all over the country. Notre Dame coming to the Coliseum, a big rivalry, Notre Dame and USC. And Clay Elton, who last week lost to UCLA in a very ugly, murky fashion. Faced off against Brian Kelly and Notre Dame this week. And it was a pretty close game for about three and a half quarters. And then it all was done. It was typical sloppy USC football. Sloppy, undisciplined, lots of turnovers. JT Daniels 
Looks like he's still at Taft High School. I don't know. There may be. I don't know what's going on there with my guy JT Daniels. He's not playing hot at all. No bueno. Clay Helton is going to stay there after losing to UCLA and losing to Notre Dame. Horrifically. But the, the attendance of the Coliseum was below 60000 They were about to unveil, what, $270 million in renovations to a, all this good stuff for next year. But they're going to keep the coach. Lynn Swan saying, I believe in Clay Helton. My opinion, it's too expensive to get rid of Clay Helton. That buyout is out of control. But he definitely going to need some help. I hope this doesn't turn into a, uh, a Lane Kiffin situation where Lynn Swan is going to leave Clay Helton on the, on the tarmac. He's going to leave his ass on the runway in Arizona or, or Colorado or one of these places because that, that th this is what it's going to come down to. He's not going to get the recruits right now. Chip Kelly's going to be getting all these recruits because he's got the fun, quacky offense. And I'm, I hope uh, Cliff Kingsbury gets hired by USC. He's probably going to go to Michigan, but I hope they hire Kingsbury to do the offense because they need something. Clay Helton's whole tenure has been ruled with like sloppiness and undisciplined. And every time you see him on the sidelines, he is as befuddled as Hugh Jackson. It's like he just realized 15 minutes before the game, he's he's playing. It's like they just told him, hey, you're facing Notre Dame in about 20 minutes. You ready? Oh, my God, we're Sam Donald. And that's pretty much Clay Helton in a nutshell. Tito, commit to a shot. But just commit. Oh, there are two. The last thing before we go, we're going to finish off. There was a big fight this weekend, and it was not in the UFC. It wasn't a big boxing match. It wasn't no crazy pro wrestling or, or, or a Japanese rising fight with a, with Floyd Mayweather and a kickboxer. No, 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 no. It was Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell, number three, live from the Great Western Forum in Inglewood, California. This is a pay-per-view fight that actually happened. Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy MMA in conjunction with Liddell and Ortiz because they are partners in all this, so everybody gets a pretty nice chunk of change, decided to run a pay-per-view uh, using their names. Now, remember, Chuck Liddell was retired for like eight years, okay? He, he, he was gone for a good minute, and he was just about done back then. And for some reason, some this fight had to happen. Look, I'm not going to – I don't want to be against uh, – People doing what they want to do. I understand Chuck Liddell's 48 years old. He didn't fight in a very long time. He came out of retirement. He looked like he looked like a shell of himself in the open workouts, and he looked worse in the fight. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy to say you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. But fighting is a different ball game. And if you're a 48 year old man and you haven't fought in eight years, and the last time you did fight eight years ago, you were getting knocked out brutally. You should not be fighting professionally under any circumstances. I know this is supposedly not about the money and this is about fighter, whatever, whatever. No. The whole card, you can tell Oscar De La Hoya is not a big MMA guy. They ran it just like a boxing promotion. There was all just a bunch of crap cards, a bunch of crap, crap fights beforehand. Efren Escadero was on the main card. That just tells you. Jay Silva. I remember Jay Silva. From like an old Ellie Secback video eight years ago. They found him. I guess they were on YouTube. And they're like, oh, this guy, he looks pretty good. We should get him for the card. So they I, they literally went on YouTube to try to find people. 
Uh, Daniel Cormier's boy was in the co-main event as well. So I, I guess that that's pretty much it. This was set up for a boxing match. The main event, the headliners, the old men, the guys who kind of deserve your money at the end of the day, really. They put in so much work. But Tito and Chuck, the fight finally happened. And oh my God, Chuck Liddell looked like an old, he looked like an angry stepdad. He had that angry stepdad look, but it, he looked like uh, 10% of what he looked like eight years ago. This man had the deer in the headlights look the whole fight. And it's not like Tito Ortiz. Tito Ortiz just fought recently. He's 43. He's had a lot of injuries, but he's actually active. He's in great shape. And these guys have fought twice before. Chuck has beaten Tito twice before. Tito is not a striker. Tito's a wrestler. And Chuck Liddell looked at Tito Ortiz like he was fighting Bruce Lee. He was fighting Karate Kid or something. That's how Chuck Liddell looked. He was, it was so weird because the fight lasted four minutes. And all of four minutes, I think Chuck threw one jab. And then he was completely off balance the rest of the fight. I don't think, he threw one overhand right that was uh, you, you, I think I, you could have made a phone call, finished the phone call and walked back to your seat and sipped your beer before that punch landed. It was that slow. Nevertheless, Tito snuck in some punches and he slept Liddell with ease. Look, the chin never recovers. I understand that the power is the last thing to go. And literally that's all they were saying in the four minutes of the fight. Like, oh, you know, Chuck is still dangerous. Chuck is still, the power is the last thing to go. But the man, look, my I would have been on the telecast like, yo, his feet are shot. My man's hands are low. This is a this is a wrap. Like Tito had no respect for Chuck's stand up, and it was all bad. It was, it was all bad. Then the post fight happens, and Tito Ortiz is like, "Thank you, this, thank you, that," and he's saying, "Chuck, you should not retire. You should continue fighting." Why are we telling Chuck Liddell to continue fighting right now? It was really bad. Can we look out for the health of this man real quick? He should not be fighting. I don't know if there'll be another Golden Boy MMA. The, you know, the writing is on the wall right now to have Tito Ortiz versus Rashad Evans as another Golden Boy MMA fight because Rashad was doing the commentary and he's quote-unquote retired. And you have Frank Mir on the telecast as well. So maybe Frank Mir fights Jay Silva. Who knows? But good for Tito and Chuck on getting a good paycheck. Supposedly they got paid more in that fight than they ever did in the UFC. So good for them. And, you know, Oscar is Oscar. Who knows what's going to happen? But Chuck Liddell should, not ever, should never fight again. Point blank in the period. I don't want to see that. Leave some comments below. Did you even know Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz fought this weekend? That's it for my show today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for listening on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, all that good stuff. Looking at all the wacky clips on Instagram at 2LegitSports. Once again, my name is Alex Fernandez. Thanks for reviewing, subscribing, all that good stuff. You can check us out, AFDes99 on Instagram and Twitter, and of course, 2LegitSports on all your social Thanks again. Incredible week. Monday night game tonight. And we're almost in 2019. See ya.